words of Matthew McConaughey. Well, all right, all right, all right. Let's get this thing started, folks. This is Kip Henley bringing to you the Kip Henley Show. That's weird and conceited, but the powers to be thought it best for me to name it after me. So, who am I to fight with them? Folks, we're going to welcome to the show um, somebody I just barely know. Uh, he just got back from the finals of uh, tour school for the uh, web.com finals, and him and his guy put together a brilliant run at the end and got their card and solidified everything back for the coming season. And it looked bad. I got to admit, it looked bad, folks. This is my little brother. This is Brent Henley. And uh, he's Robert Garrigus' caddy and uh, been a tour caddy, uh, tour veteran caddy for golly. How long you been at it now, Brent boy? I think. This is 16 years now, 15, 16. Hard to believe you've been doing it that long. I know, isn't that the truth? I mean, good Lord. So you got back late last night, huh? Got back at midnight last night, drove all the way home right after we after we secured our card and couldn't wait to get back home. I've been on the road for nine out of the last 10 weeks, maybe. <laughs> Brutal. You know Tough it. stretch. Hey, uh, tell our listeners what ha- what went down this week, or the really the past four weeks. We had four weeks in a row that we had to be out. Uh, I, I guess, I don't know if they're listening to this, they probably know the top 25 money winners on those four tournaments. Uh, those last four tournaments get their card back. We had lost our tour card, PGA Tour card. So, uh, so the first two tournaments we played like dogs and didn't make a cut, so we were behind the eight ball, and then, had a good chance this third tournament and had a little trouble on the back nine, but still made a good check. Finished, I think, tied eighth or ninth, tenth, somewhere along in there. So this week we we had to finish, I thought, probably 15th or better to keep our card. And we struggled both every day, basically. Just kind of plugged along, plugged along, and shot five under, shot one under, one under, and then shot three under, two under on the weekend finish tied 12th and sneak in there and get our card back that was kind of kind of exciting borderline just as much as as fun as winning a tournament to me just as much as satisfaction i guess to get it done it uh it looked bad for you guys didn't it oh it looked horrible he, he wasn't he wasn't playing very good he wasn't very interested he hasn't been very interested all year and really, uh, Brent? I mean, you've been with Robert. I mean, you haven't had too many down. You had you got with Woody years ago. You went out on the tour with uh, Garrett Willis. And how did you do that first event that you came in? <laughs> the one you gave me <laughs> that you didn't want? <laughs> Kip didn't want to go to the first, didn't want to go caddy for Garrett on tour his rookie year. And I, I said, I'll go first week out. Garrett wins. Unbelievable story. I'd caddy for Garrett at a tour school, and he 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 was an incredible player, but one of the uh, craziest guys. He's our friend. He's a dear friend of our family, but easily the craziest guy on the golf course out there. And I couldn't take him anymore, and, and Brent Boy was willing to do it, and oh, my goodness, did you catch lightning in a bottle? <laughs> I was willing to do it because I had nothing else to do, <laughs> but I wanted to go out there for two, about a year or two. I told Garrett I'd. I thought I could help him. I didn't know that everybody thought they could help him at the time. Yeah, but at that time, he'd only played in Hooters tours and things like that. And I don't been know on, he'd been on the web dot, or nationwide, whatever you want to call it, then web.com now. Yeah, that's right. But it faded down the stretch a couple of times, and I thought I could get him 
to not do that. I thought I could maybe talk him through that because I knew what kind of demons he had in his head because I had the same ones when I tried to play. I don't think you had – I don't think by this time you had ever caddied for – had you ever caddied for me in Memphis before that? Yeah. Oh, so one time you caddied for – you worked Memphis as I qualified for his club pro. So Weaky, really, huh? Weaky was still alive when I caddied for you in Memphis. Really? I sat down in that tent. That's right. In about 110-degree temperature, and I thought it was the worst thing I'd ever done. But, still thought it was the coolest thing I'd ever done, but thought, wow, this is brutal. <laughs> Doing what we do now. But at the time, really, you had never caddied in a tour event other than for an idiot, and it had no chance. That was really your first time caddying as a caddy. Is, yeah. Garrett, is Garrett Willis's first time to ever play in a tour event? He had never made it into a tour event outside of the Nationwide or Buy.com or whatever the heck you called in those days. Right. I, I, yeah, it was his very first tour event, my very first tour event. I, I, caddy, I guess I caddied for Gibby one time on a, a Web.com tournament. Couple, four or five years before that, just as a friend, not as a, not really as a job. I remember the story. I was down and playing the mini tours in Florida, and y'all got snowed out or something on Friday or something, and you were sitting, yeah. you were one shot out of the lead, going into Monday's final round, and you were sitting at that time on like sixteen thousand dollars. If it and the weather was going to be, I was going to make sixteen. Yeah, you were going to make sixteen thousand dollar check, Which and me and you had never even. What I'd made in. Oh. <laughs> It was unbelievable, and the weather was iffy, and it was kind of a tough thing, and I told you, I remember getting on the phone with you and going, Brent, good God, please let it rain tomorrow. You're going to make $16,000. It was the biggest money we'd ever seen at the time, and your reply was? Uh, no way. He's going he's to win. If we can play tomorrow, he'll win it. You said I'll, he'll have a two-shot lead when we get to 18T tomorrow, and he's a rookie. I mean, all, everything points to him folding his 10 up. Being an idiot and dropping out, and you believed in him 100%. And lo and behold, he stands up there and stripes it off the middle of 18 with a two shot lead, didn't he? Easily, still the hardest driving hole I've been seen on tour. Still, easily the hardest driving hole. It was water down the right, two water shot. down the left, and you got to hit a soft cut off there. You can't overcut it, you can't draw it, you can't hit it straight, you hit it in the water. Oh, that's what a great story. I remember uh, watching that. I mean, golly, he, he then he missed the green. He chipped up and had like an eight-footer for par or something, didn't he? He hit it on the far right edge of the green. It was a tough pin, and, and uh, he put it down about six feet below the hoe. Funny mm-hmm. thing was, I had, before we teed off, I had walked over there and watched some guys finishing, and I watched a guy have that exact same putt. I don't know why, and it and, and I, the guy missed it right for whatever reason, whether he pushed it or whatever. Didn't he say, do you got the balls to read this for me, and didn't you <laughs> say, do you, do you got the balls to make it or something? That's what he said. We, I mean, the people are going crazy. It was a pretty good crowd for Tucson. It was opposite the Mercedes championship at that time, so there wasn't the stud studs there, but there was still a pretty good group of guys. And uh, he had that six-footer to win his first tour event ever. Unbelievable. And he, he, we'd been reading every putt together. And he said, do you got the balls to read it? And I go, I, hell yeah, I got the balls to read it. You got the balls to make it? He goes, hell yeah. I says, left center, bud, all day. I said, it's just like you've been practicing on the putting green with your memory putted with that metrodome. Yeah. Metro- and uh, I said, it's just like that. You've you made a hundred of these or a thousand million of these. Pour it right in there. And he poured it right in the middle. 
So you just start out your first caddy loop just making about 60 G's, right? Yep. So it's half 50 or 60. I forget what it was. I think he made, I think he made like 570 or something. So you made 57,000 plus. You made real close to 60, if I remember right. I, thought, I told everybody, I thought, shit, I'll be worth millions in a couple of months. This is easy. <laughs> I'm going to win every turn. Oh, unbelievable. And then you have, then, then you, y'all have, you run into the typical caddy getting creamed and y'all get y'all quit he says you quit you say he fired you and it yeah. went all about then you went down you had a little downtime right you did you struggled went, for a little bit i didn't i didn't caddy i yeah. went and pl- i went and tried to play then because i had a little money in my pocket and i went down and played the mini tour with you and, yeah, that's right beat my brains in in the mini tours i remember that now we had boo was there jason bone was there duffner played occasionally bubba played occasionally he slocum would ride into town and win and then go back out when he's gone boo would win every one of them no boo wasn't the touch hog steve gilly was the touch hog the whatever 10 i played in steve gilly won like four of them and boo won a couple and then travis uh nance, nance. that was tough there was some good players i mean obviously and but i i, I think i made just under what I put up for that. I didn't lose a lot of money, just my travel and stuff. Which is pretty Did solid considering mini so tours. Huh? I said, that's pretty, really pretty solid considering the mini tours. You should have stayed after it. I mean, <laughs> folks, Brent out there is, I, I've seen a lot of good putters, and I've been a caddy for Brian Gay nine years, and I'm with Derek Fathauer. Well, I'm kind of with him. I hope I'm still with him. We'll see. But, and he's one of the greatest putters I've ever seen. But really and truly, Brent Harding Henley. Seven days a week, boys. His putter never let him down. It was good. It was. Uh, it w- it was good. I have to admit that. As bad a ball striker as I was. Oh, and we and we I both we both learned once we got on tour that we weren't as far away from playing good as we thought we were when we were trying it. You know, goodness yeah. gracious. And I, I mean, it's almost like guys need to do that for a little bit to kind of see. See, and I think that's why guys like uh, Jordan Spieth, Ricky Fowler. Uh, Tiger, all those guys succeeded because they got as a young, like Jordan got in Texas when he was like 14 or 15. Ricky did, Tiger did, they, and they got out there and played with those guys and thought, hey, dang, I, I'm not that far away. I mean, I, I, you know, you just see these guys on TV and think, shit, they're, they're so much better than I am. Yeah. But then get out there and get to do it two or three times and you play with them and think, you know what, I can beat these guys maybe if I started playing good. I think that helps those guys to get those those shots, don't you? No doubt about it. it. It humanizes the whole thing. It was something like me and you could just never really touch or something. I don't know. It just seemed like. No, you can't tell people. I mean, you got to be able to see it. I mean, you see guys, rookies come out there and just all of a sudden succeed after a couple of weeks because they see that they're not that far away. When when I always thought I was just miles and miles and miles away, and I probably was miles but not 20 miles, maybe 10. No, I can remember one year at TPC, four, five, six years ago, it's Tuesday, and Brian Gay was practicing late on Tuesday, and I looked down on the far end of the range, we're on the other end, and Paul Gordis was down there hitting balls, and I looked at Brian, I said, are you telling me I can't beat that guy? Look at that action. And that week, uh, Sergio beat him in a playoff, and Paul Gordis won like $1.1 million for second place, and I said, well, I can't say that crap anymore, but it's crazy, isn't it? They know. I mean, they. I guess they just just the belief in yourself that a lot of people don't have when they get out there. I guess. Oh. All right. So let's get back to our caddy. You uh, 
you 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 went away and you you, you decided to get back into it. And you had a buddy call and offered you who's back. It was a uh, it was and I got to thank I thank him to this day, Corby Siegel, who was one of the guys I hung out with the four or five weeks I was out here before Garrett fired me after we won. Good player and a good caddy out there today. Played in a couple of U.S. amateurs. He's still a good player. And, and uh, I called him and said, man, if you know anybody, like every other guy that talks to us, <laughs> if you know anybody looking, right. I'd had some success, thank goodness. And he said, do you want Woody Austin? I've, I've, I've just left him for Brent Guyberger. And I said, heck, yeah, put him on me. I want anything to get back out there. I got a taste of it, and I loved it. And uh, he called Woody, and Woody didn't want me. Woody didn't know. I didn't. I never met Woody. I knew who Woody was, of course, but Woody didn't know who I was. And at this time, Woody was really down. At the time, what I mean, he won, he won Rookie of the Year and took off, but then his career fell off, right? He 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 fell off. He lost his car, then got his car back, and then finished one twenty five on the number by like two hundred dollars to keep his car that year before. And uh, so. He didn't want me, so he hired another guy, and that guy left him about three or four weeks into it for Justin Leonard. wasn't a bad move. Uh, and Woody was stuck, and it just so happened to be the the, the very next year that after I'd won with Garrett at, at uh, Tucson that Woody was stuck and told Corby to call, call his buddy and say, hey, if this guy can work, I need him out here in Tucson, where I'd won the year before with Garrett. Awesome. And – uh Corby called me. I said, "Shit, yeah, I'm getting on a plane. I'll be there. I'll be there tomorrow." Tell him. And I walked. Woody walked on the driving range with his bag and had no clue who he was looking for. <laughs> I had to go over and go. Hey, I knew who Woody was. Hey, Woody, how you doing? And uh, I was pumped. And when I first saw Woody hit it, I thought, "How in the crap is this guy not doing something out here?" Just blew my mind. And then after I went around the golf course with him three or four times, I realized Woody's. His uh, his attitude was in his socks, his ego, and his 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 mental part of it. I hear your child in the background there, don't I? Holly or the no. dog? <laughs> Bella. <laughs> Bella, Bella, Brad, and and Holly are just walked up. Can you? It's not even on video. How are you seeing that? No. Oh, did he see it? No, I said, can I, I hear your kid just walked up. Brent has no children. That's his bulldog's his baby. And you can hear her breathing from 20 feet away. I can almost hear her from my house without Skype going on. He just came up three steps. That's why she's out of breath. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, Woody, he was uh, struggling, but you guys took off. Y'all did okay at the end of the year, didn't you? No. Heck no. We finished way back. We didn't even come close to getting our card. Played 36 events. I just looked the other day. I thought it was 34, but it was 36 events. And you stayed with him. Me and Josh Castle. Josh, who caddies for sending now, was caddying for Paul Gal. And Paul Gal did the exact same uh, schedule. We played, both of us played 35, 36 events. We stayed together every week. And I just thought that was the way it was supposed to be. Hell, they're giving away another... Five hundred thousand next week. You got to go play. Right. There's money out there. Let's go play. It's just golf. And then uh, we blew our car. We weren't doing much good there. Kind of like Robert was this year. And uh, Woody, we come to the sixteenth hole at. I mean, one of the toughest golf courses you'll ever play. It's and uh, in Palm Springs at the PGA West. Which one is it? Kill the Nicholas or something? No, it's the Stadium Course at PGA West. 
on it. I yeah, mean, Alcatraz, yeah. where Trevino made the one in the Skins game. Right. But it, I mean, it's harder than TPC 17 by far. It's an island green, and it's about a six iron instead of a nine iron. That's yeah. maybe not a six iron, but seven or eight iron. And Woody birdied 16 and 17 Alcatraz and come to 18, and he had about a 30-footer. And I, his agent was over there, and his agent said, Probably needs to make it, but Par might get him in. Might get his card back. I said, Woody, making it's not going to hurt us, or not going to. I mean, two putts probably going to make it, but we probably need to make this putt. Just don't go crazy with it. And man, the last tump of the ball went in for him to get his card. And I, birdie, I mean, birdie, I, birdie, 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 birdie to get his card back. I mean, it, and he was already probably at that time thirty five, six years old. He'd, I mean, at least yeah. in Q school now, that they changed it up. But I remember sitting down on a curb while Woody was in signing his scorecard, and I put a towel over my head and I cried like a baby. It awesome. was the, it was uh, most, it was the tired, most tired I've ever been. Yeah, six straight days. How did I'd ever been? And I mean, it was just overwhelming to see a guy be able to sack it up like that and, and get his card back. Oh. That, and y'all go birdie, birdie, birdie to get Woody back out there. And from then on, it was on the next year, right? The next year, we played fairly good in the early tournaments. And then we get to Hilton Head, and Woody's got a one-shot lead going into 18. And already piped the fairway, and Davis hold the chunking, chunking. Oh, I remember that. Run. That's right. Y'all lost in the shot. It was from about 40 yards. Mm. It was exactly four holes. Woody missed about a two-footer on 17 with his nerves but hell he hadn't been there in so long but then and then we finished you know we finished top 10 two or three times that year and then after that it was just a atm machine he just not not big years until later on but every year we just made 1.4 1.5 1.3 just every year and then he had that couple of huge years when we got the President's Cup and stuff. And Woody, really, he's one of the most under, misunderstood men on the PGA Tour. Now he, The most misunderstood guy. Yeah. And, and, and Woody admitted, Woody's, Woody's, I don't think Woody feels real comfortable around those guys. I still don't think Woody feels like he belongs, even though he, know, he, he should, good Lord. But that's just Woody. That's how, I think that's how Woody motivates himself is to kind of keep himself down. Yeah, he beats really hard on himself, as you can see in a lot of videos and stuff. But, but really, the guys, I mean, he gives money away, never tells anybody. I mean, he helps people left and right. He's oh, a tons. Great father, great husband. I mean, Woody Awesome is one great of the top person. shelf guys. Now, he's great. If you play with him, you'll probably end up hating his guts if y'all are trying to do the same thing because he whines and slaps himself. And, but really, true, he's a wonderful human, isn't he? Yeah, he's incredible. But no, I mean, he's done so much for us, me, you, our family. I mean, he's done he's done a ton. He's a he's a friend of a good friend of mine, a lifelong friend, and yeah. it treated me. Good lord, I don't know how a player could treat a caddy any better than he treated me. Oh, Woody helped build you a big old house, didn't he? Get you a big old house. I mean, a house anyway, <laughs> not a big one, but I got a nice one. All right, so then I mean, this he is depths. And then Woody started to struggle a little bit, and you guys finally broke up, and you, you yeah. were without a bag again. It bounced around, and then you stumbled onto a guy named Robert Garrigus. And y'all had and y'all had nothing but this highlights until finally last year you hit a, a low light, didn't you? Very low light. I mean, this 
good night. The first two years was incredible. Now, the first three years, the second year, full year, was incredible. He, he finished second five times, finished third in the U.S. Open. Just every week we were up there, every single week. When he teed it up, it was if he didn't finish second or third, he finished top 20. He missed maybe two or three cuts. And then, uh, I don't know, I, would, I, th- I think Roberts had, you know, he had one kid and then he had the second one and just kind of lost his motivation to play golf. He's, but, good Lord, he's, he's, he's beyond talented. He's, he's one of the most talented ball strikers out there, if yeah. not the most talented. And I would I, say uh, only DJ uh, uh, Dustin Johnson is the only straighter, longer guy on the PGA Tour. The only one, wouldn't you? I would, yeah. I mean, but when the body was stronger off the tee, and I would say he was the best driver of the ball in, in the world. I would give him, I told him that. I mean, there was guys that were close and the guys that maybe hit it straighter and maybe uh, not many hit it much further, but as a combination, it wasn't even, it was, it was, it was scary where how far he could hit it and how straight and how confident he was. And he always hit it right in the center of the club face. Yeah. But uh, it proves how tough the game is. But you guys fell off last year, and now, I mean, look, that's how our, our profession goes. I mean, you're just riding on top of the world, and you think, oh, man, the money's pouring in. I'll buy this. I'll buy beers for everybody. Everybody, let's have fun. And then a year later, you just make nothing. And, of course, Robert, being the cool guy that he is and cares about you, and a lot of people don't know this, but Brent's one of the few caddies on the PJ Tour that makes money when his guy misses the cut almost every single week. <laughs> and yeah. I think I think it's every single week. I've been how lucky have I been with these guys? Yeah, you've been lucky with payers, haven't you? Woody yeah, paid you fabulous. Good dudes that paid well and 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 treat me better. Oh, they treat you so good. A lot of guys get treated good, but some guys get treated bad out there. You know it. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. Both, you have the same guys. Pretty fortunate though. Both of us have been pretty fortunate about guys treating us. Brian Gay treated you great. Oh, yeah, the easiest guy to work for ever in between the ropes, period. There's a lot to be said for that. I mean, for 15 years, I didn't I didn't mind going to do my job. I couldn't wait to go do it. I, on Thursday, Wednesday and Thursday night and Friday night and Saturday night, I, shit, I couldn't sleep. I was ready to get up and go. And to, to say that to be to your job is, is pretty incredible. But then last year it got a little old, knowing that we couldn't make a cut and he wasn't interested, and I wasn't interested, and I couldn't get him interested. So, But, but uh, you know, old Robert, he talked about it. Old Garrigus talks about it and how you could hear the things coming out of his mouth. You know, I don't care if I'm here. It'll be more friend, more time home with my family and stuff. I don't really care. This, you know, I don't want to even hardly do this anymore. <laughs> but then when that putt drops in on 18 uh, Sunday that I watched just yesterday, what was that reaction? That wasn't, that wasn't I don't care. No. That was, that was by God. I belong. I'm. I'm. This is a wake up call. I hope. I don't know. I, it's just. It's such a fragile game. Kalkovecki has commented on a couple of things I've put on Facebook about how fragile it is, and he knows as much as anybody. Calc's had some serious ups and downs out here, and we all have. You it will if you caddy or play. There's not many guys that are on the. You look at the best player to ever pick one up. He's kind of on the downward right now. This is such a game it'll reduce you to your shorts. It's bad. Well, all right. Well, I know the uh, Monday Night Football's coming on, and you probably got action. I will have action. There is no probably. 
We, I'm sure you will have too. I might have a tiny bit, but we don't want to talk about that because sometimes the wife listens to these things. This is kind of strange doing interviews with my brother. Yeah, it is, isn't it? I but I mean, we we got the same job, and I mean, I'm one of the few guys where your little brother is uh, my caretaker. When I was on tour, he had a great bag, and I struggled for a bunch. Brent boys buy me meals and get me hotels and stuff, and then I finally had a couple good runs, and I got to buy him like two beers during that stretch, and then I've been pretty much down, and he's had to take us at the same time. What did did that once or twice? Uh, I don't know. I've only been to Augusta twice, so I don't know. I doubt you were there both times. I know once for sure. It's pretty cool. I've been three or four times. And you made a President's Cup. Now, I've never made a President's Cup. But, uh, Good Lord. That, that's, the Ryder Cup has got to be the ultimate thing for us. One of these days we're going to do it, and we'll both get to do that together. That'll be fun. <laughs> that's, how about how about if you're a Ryder Cup caddy for uh, like Steve Williams was? Yeah. How, well, that couldn't be any fun for him, could it? No. And then I just interviewed this week Matt Minister, who's caddying for uh, Sang Moon Bay in oh, South Korea. That, how huge is that story? That's going to be a fun thing. So people may have already, by the time they hear this, they might have already heard that. So that's a great story. But, well, all right, we're going to get off here. We're going to let you go out, and uh, we'll keep this short and sweet for the listeners out there. And I appreciate you coming on and talking to your uh, big brother, your little big brother. You, you ain't welcome, damn it. You're lucky to have me. All right, good people. I appreciate you tuning in and listening to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed listening as much as I enjoyed uh, presenting it to you. We'll have some fun on here. I need you guys to get on uh, the Twitter and follow the APTC. That way you can send in your comments and uh, questions and just use the hashtag AskKip. And uh, if it's not dirty or pertaining to my wife's body parts, we'll take care of those things and answer them for you and have some fun with those. Uh, I guess until next time, I'll talk at you later. Remember now, when you go golfing, skip the cart, grab a caddy, take him along with you, and have a great day. Peace out.